Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. This episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is brought to you by Dummy the Web Series. Starring, written, and directed by our buddy Joe Dallow, and also starring Izzy Diaz. Dummy is the very funny story of Sammy and Donnie. One's a dummy, one isn't. Maybe they both are. I don't know. Go check it out. Episode 3 is up, where they go in search of an agent. It's pretty funny. Go check it out. Go to YouTube.com, search Dummy the Web Series, and subscribe to the channel so you can get all the episodes as soon as they come out. I know they're working on episode four as we speak. Go check it out. And now it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Talking New York sports nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. <laughs> this is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Delirious. Just a bit outside. Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same Episode number 216. Coming to you live from Comac, New York and Bayside, New York. We are without Freehold, New Jersey tonight for very good reason. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but we are just the two of us building castles in the sky. Yes, it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Hi. I am Sam Pete, one of your hosts for the show, Steve San Pietro. This is our 216th episode. It is Thursday night. It is 10.30 p.m. Sorry for the late start. It is February the 5th. It is time for Edwin Logos, Town and Pete. Hi. Uh, grab a cup of coffee nice, maybe. Have a piece of cake. You know, have a shrigadel nice. Maybe it's, you know, like a cup of coffee and like a crumb cake nice. We're going to talk New York sports and other sports for the next hour, hour and a half. Whatever fits our fancy. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. If you are listening to the live broadcast, uh, great. If not, you can download the broad, uh, the podcast in iTunes. All 215 episodes are there. If you want to go back and listen to a show we did five years ago, you can do that. Don't know anybody who would, but that's okay. Welcome to the show. We have a ton to talk about tonight. we got to put a bow on the Super Bowl. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Jets, a little bit about the Giants. And Odell Beckham Jr. revolutionizing the sport. And I'm not being facetious. People are automatically going to think I'm being facetious because of how I feel about the Giants. I'm not. I actually have uh, something interesting, to me at least, that I want to bring up with Cal tonight. About Odell Beckham Jr. Because we are about to head to draft season. 
There is no off-season in the NFL. There is none. There were mock drafts up about 18 minutes after the Super Bowl was over. So we're going to talk about that. And then Cal attended uh, Sandy Alderson's yearly uh, live from City Field at Sandy. Sandy Alderson. As the season ticket holders for the Mets, full season ticket holders for the Mets, were given an audience with uh, Shecky Alderson. So we'll we'll find out how that went. This is the fifth year that Cal's gone. He's never been more pissed off. I can't wait to hear about this. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Mets. Spring training just 16 days away. Uh, pitchers and catchers. And then the Islanders. The Rangers hot on their heels uh, on a three-game losing streak. And um, I was admittedly uh, having a problem with this little three-game losing streak. If there is a panic button on the keyboard, I am hitting Control-Alt-Panic a lot, many, many times. I don't know what Control-Alt-Panic does, <laughs> probably. Probably, you know, something along the lines of, that's a, like a regular season losing streak. If you're in the playoffs and you're down three games to nothing in a series or whatever, you just hit the panic button by itself. But I think Control-Alt-Panic is isn't... <laughs> Needs to stop an in-season skid. Anyway, we're going to talk about all that. Let's bring in the co-host of the program. He's uh, he's first Kel. on the... There he is. He's first on the uh, the billboard. You know, on the big billboard, it says uh, Puppet Show, then Spinal Tap, then Cal and Sam Pete. He's Mr. Brian. Cal Neva. Calpino. Caliente. Long, flowing roads. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you? Great. Happy that this show didn't open with a ridiculously self-serving rant? Uh, no. Okay. Then it's just me, then. How about I'm happy that this show didn't open with a self-serving rant? Sure. That's fine. Okay. How are you? Good. You're wearing the colors. I am. Are you about to sing colors now? I am. Colors. Colors. What's that song? What's that? that was from the movie, right? From the movie Colors. With Sean Penn and uh, what's his name? Robert Ice- Duvall? No, not Ice-T. Not Ice-T. Have we, have we decided... That Ice-T is going to be a part of every show going forward yeah. in some way, shape, or form? It's like a scavenger hunt. We have to try to work him into every show. Right. It's bingo. Everybody's, you've got your RTU bingo card. We got him in early right. this week. We've got British accents. We've yep. got Ice-T. Yep. Uh, what else do we have? 70s television references. Sure. Timely, as always. Right. We're on the on the cutting edge of if you get pop a, culture. If you get a Don Pardo in there, which we've already had one tonight. We've done that. Yeah, we've I mean Yeah. Those are those are a given. Your card is almost filled up. You can go to bed now. That's it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Is that Thanks. the R, is that the RTU drinking game? Thanks for listening. Yeah. I like, like to call it RTU bingo. RTU bingo. So every time I do a British dialect you take three drinks or something like that? Right, or you just you have a card, and it's a picture of Michael Caine on the card, and once you do your British accent, you put your little chip on Michael Caine's face. That's it. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I already yeah. referenced Spinal Tap, so that's good. You did. 
That's got, another one. Got that in there. Sure. Right. So it's fun. Just How little, are you, buddy? Play a long game. Good. You're I'm in. Good. Uh, you're in the midst of uh, dance season over there. Dance fever. Dance fever. It started. Catch That's it. Right. It's hot. How many? Um. How many? A lot. Okay. <laughs> not the answer. The answer to your question is way too many. Right. You'll have to forgive me if I cough uh, a good deal tonight. I had a uh, uh, something to attend, uh, like a workshop uh, kind of thing that I needed to go to tonight. And um, I was really hustling for the train. I didn't think I was going to make the uh, train out of Penn Station there. I was on 26th and, or 27th and 6th, Cal, at 9.40. Mm-hmm. The train is at 9.48. This is like one of those common core math problems, That's isn't right. it? At 32nd and 7th. Right. This guy did some running. And mm. uh, if you're in the New York uh, tri-state area, really, uh, tonight, it's frigging four degrees. Maybe-ish. It's like my favorite line in planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> what do you figure the temperature is? One? That's what it is when they're in the back of the pickup truck. Right. <laughs> That's what it is right now. It's like one degree, and my lungs have still not recovered from sprinting. You're going to feel that tomorrow. That was an hour ago. That shows you what kind of shape I'm in, too. That's good. You're in good shape yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah, tremendous shape. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, I couldn't do it. So uh, a lot of dance recitals is what you're saying. Not so much a lot of dance recitals, but a lot of dances within the competitions. Right. Well, that that program you sent the other day was just... That's not real, is it? That uh, that it was it was a pep rally. So what they do is they take all of the competition dances, right? And it kicks off the competition season for the for the dance studio. So every act that has a competition dance dances in this in this pep rally. Oh my goodness! And there were fifty four dance numbers. Yeah, I saw you sent us you sent us a picture of the program. Yeah. How many how many were your girls in? They were in a total of eight. Eight of fifty four. Right. One of them they shared. They were in so the the sum total is nine. They're in nine dances right. to, but one of them they do together, so Right. They're in one number together. The Calvi girls tearing it up in eight. their in their own are they in it is it a solo Calvi girls number? No. No, no, no. They oh, each okay. they have they have separate they have their own individual duets. So with, they'll, they'll go on leading separate lives. That's right. what you're saying. Indi- individual duets, not a, uh, not a Phil Collins album title. Right. Individual duets. <laughs> so, so they have the uh, mark off Phil Collins on your... Uh, right, your another one. RTU bingo card. Um, so, so, eight, yeah. so eight and then the one together, right. So at so a well, 54. Yeah. yeah, so uh, every... Approximately every six acts, uh, my there was a kid of mine on the this stage. This child of yours on the stage, right? And what's what's crazy about it is that they were not the most frequent appear uh, appearances. No, there are kids that do even more. Yeah, yeah. And how much are those costumes running? Uh, I don't want to well, talk about it. It's a lot. It's hey, look. I was thinking of this, and I wanted to bring this up to you when you sent that program. I was thinking of it this way. You know, if you had boys, mm-hmm. right, and we were at like a deck hockey tournament, right, that was like all day, 
you know, like we'd be saying the same, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's still your kids. Like we'd be at a day and, and your wife would be sending texts to people about, I can't believe this. They have 37 games today. You know, they're in this tournament or whatever. And the boys only play in two. Right. And I got to sit through 16 deck hockey games. I got to sit through 11 Copeg baseball games to see my kids play one. It's the same thing. Well, and, and this is, here's, let me clear this up. But it would be sports. It would be awesome for us. That's right. <laughs> um, just to clear up any misconception. I actually, there's nothing more that I love more in this world than watching my kids dance. Yes. My girls, they're, they're, they're excellent at it. I'm not just saying that because I'm their father. That's been confirmed by independent people. Contractors. Yes. That they, you know, that they're good. And so I confirmed by independent parties. You sound like yeah. it's like the Oscars. Yeah, we had we we had a uh, the accounting account, firm. Yeah, an accounting firm come in, do an independent audit of their dances and their talent. <laughs> and it's not just the dad saying they're good. So I feel I feel good about that. Okay. But like I said, I, the fact that they were in it, it's it's fifty four is a lot to sit through. I'm not going to not. Day. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's a night. That's a night. That's yeah. it was a three and a half hour night. Yeah. Um They got fifty four dances done in three and a half hours? They did. They moved exactly. quickly. There was nothing in between. There was no no, you know, ju- no juggling. No additional entertainment. It was like a five minute intermission. <laughs> they figured the fifty four dances should do it. Should yeah, yeah. That should be enough then, uh entertainment for the evening. We don't need like a juggler or No, no. And and puppet show or Fifty-four dances, quite repetitive too. I can't. Uh, I a mean, lot of, see a lot of things over and over again. You see a lot of the same moves there. Yeah, but uh, but no, I I I get such a thrill out of watching them yeah. every time they come on. It's, it's awesome. awesome. It really yeah. is. And uh, the Saturday is their first competition. All right, they'll actually be competing against other dancers. Are they doing but, like the the Rocky Four thing where they have pictures of the other dancers? Uh, up in their bedroom on the mirror, and then a montage sequence, perhaps. You know, <laughs> Julia's like just crumpling the picture of the rival dance uh, dance studio. Is that happening? Please tell me that's happening. I wish it were. Unfortunately, are they Russian? Is the other dance studio Russian? Can we make them Russian? Obviously, right. They um they don't understand the spirit of the competition just yet. Okay. So they're in it to dance, and they're having a lot of fun. They will. When they see, you know, uh, uh, Nikolai and, uh, well... And Mariska? Right, and Mariska and Nicolette uh, coming out there, probably getting steroids right before they go out. They actually... It's on their back. It's in a thing. They strap it right under their costume. <laughs> so yeah, so so this Saturday, this Saturday will be an all-day affair. It'll be uh, from from 6 a.m. to about oh, 5 p.m. Where's that at? Is that on the island? Is that local? Out on the island. Yep, it's out on the island. They um, will all eat dances throughout the day, and uh, my responsibility in that is a lot of just you know back and forth. Who needs food? Shuttle Did service. I get some, yeah. I'm just, you know. You're the duty clutch. That's it. I'm just I'm just the runner. Yep. You know. You know so. what? That's a good place to be. It's fine. In a in a room full of in an auditorium full of like three hundred moms. Moms and pubescent and prepubescent girls. That's a good spot. 
Yeah. You don't yeah. want to you don't want to be around that much estrogen for an extended period of time. Well, they don't let you back. They don't let you in the back <laughs> sure. If 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 you've well, got I would, yeah, I would hope testosterone, not. they don't let you back in the right. It's a good move in the getting ready area. But uh but I do I have to say I I've, I've scored a lot of points because I I'm apparently like the only dad of the group that does this. Is that right? Yeah, the other dads they barely show up. Wow. And if they show up, they watch the dance, and then they leave, and right. they're on their way. You're in for the duration. Yeah. So. Hey, look. I think it's awesome. I really do. Well, good luck. Good luck to the girls. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They're uh, they're excited for it. I so. hope that training sequence where they were running through the snow, mm-hmm. um, you know, really pays off. They, they they couldn't figure out why I asked them to run through the snow. Right. <laughs> Lift up this log. Why do I need a? It's a dance. Okay, um, let's get to the sports. Yeah, and the, kind of sports. And the Super Bowl. Can we just wrap up the well, Super Bowl? I mean, look, can, at, we, can we just do just a little bit on it, please? Because absolutely. I'm so tired of it. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Wow. Gosh. Well, I mean, a big reaction though. Well, listen, it's five days later, and I I can't hear. Yeah, we're not gonna. There's no need to to rehash uh, everything that's been talked about. It's been one of the most talked about Super Bowls uh, in recent memory, just because of the play and the play call. Um, I'll say this: I I really enjoyed the game. We were I I wound up catching up and and getting live by the by the fourth quarter, and um, I was so looking forward to the matchup. And I watched it, Cal, like fast forward style. Uh-huh. So I set my Hill? I set my no, I set my um uh my remote to you can do this by the way on Fios. So I don't know if you can do it elsewhere, but there's a skip button that you can set for 10, 20 or 30 seconds. Yes, that's right. Now it comes preset at 30. Mhm. But for football, I take it down to 10. And so basically, I'm just doing like uh the NFL network does where they're showing a game. But you're not listening to the commentary. I'm just going play to play. But I'm not watching it in fast forward. I'm watching each play happen. I'm just skipping ahead to each play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you miss a lot of the commentary. Um, but it was a great way to catch up and still see the game, like still see every play. And, of course, you fast forward punts and you fast forward uh, kickoffs. So, anyway, I caught up live to you guys. I have I have a question for you because we've talked a ton about the play call, obviously. But it, the the narrative sort of swung back to, uh, because talk radio needs stuff to talk about, it swung back to, it's a gutsy call, if it had worked, you know, uh, everybody would be calling him a genius, and, you know, Bill Simmons wrote about 17,000 words on how Belichick's a genius because he baited Carroll into thinking he was going to take a timeout. And he, do you buy any of that? Nope. Okay, so you're with me, right? Well, if, where are you? If they hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch on second down, they win the game. Yep. There's there's no reasonable explanation to to a not run there, but b to call that pass play. Well, there there's. I think I know what happened. Not that it's necessarily reasonable. Go on. I think he just. I think he tried. He he. Uh, how do I put it? I, he outsmarted himself. Right. He thought about it too. Like he should have. If he had just played it straight, the game would have been over. They would have won the Super Bowl. Right. 
Yes. And playing it straight is handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Right. And I think he got too engrossed in the moment and thought that he had... I don't think Belichick is a genius for playing the chess game and backing Pete Carroll into a corner. I don't think Belichick did anything. I think Pete Carroll created this whole thing in his head, and he outthought the entire situation a couple of times over. Right. And just and just made a, a ridiculously bad call. And what Patriot fans, I totally agree. And what Patriot fans can't seem to to accept, and that's fine. I, I don't begrudge them any of what they're doing. You know, but what they can't seem to accept it. It doesn't take anything away from Malcolm Butler's wonderful play. You know, and 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 Browner making a huge play and blowing up uh, Curse so Butler could make the play. It takes nothing away from that to say that if they hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, you're going to probably lose the game. Period. Like, just accept that. Like, why can't you be okay with that? It they didn't. And so you won because Butler made an unbelievable play. But it's a terrible play call. There's no way to, like, Simmons tried to rationalize the play call. Like, oh, here's what Wilson saw. And, but you know, you would, you would, you would, you would throw that ball. And no, you wouldn't. It doesn't matter. You never should have, as Francesca said this week, and I could not agree with him more, that ball should never seen the air of day. Mm-hmm. He right. said the only thing that ball should have done is been, t- and he said this guy been tucked in the ample midsection of Marshawn Lynch. I heard that, and it's true. It's true. There's no just accept it. It's okay. It's just like if the Giants don't get the catch off Tyrese helmet, they don't win that game. Like these things happen. Marshawn Lynch would eat your children for one yard in a regular season game that means nothing. He he would he would absolutely right. Okay, he's got one yard to win the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. He's not going to get that yard. It's, it's it's there is no rationalizing. Uh, well, they would have had to throw at some point. Yes, it was second down. Well, third down, they would have had to throw. And they had a timeout. If he doesn't score there. And there were 29 seconds when they ran that play, right? Right. If he doesn't score there, you don't even need to use your time out there. You can line up and throw a pass play or have him run again. And if he doesn't get in, then you take your time out. And then you have fourth down, you have the run pass option. There's no way. There's no way to do this. It's On first down, he was a man possessed. Mm-hmm. It took a ridiculously good tackle to keep him out of the end zone. And that was my answer to the conspiracy theory, too. Like, oh, they wanted Russell Wilson yeah. to be the MVP, and they didn't want... Well, then why'd they give the ball to him on first down? Right. Got the ridiculous catch, right, from Curse or whatever. Why'd they give the ball to him on first down, then? Nah, it's if silly. they didn't want him to score a touchdown. It's silly, and, and you know conspiracies. And if and you I don't do. that this is one... Yeah, and I'm not buying. No. But, look, it it was such a wonderful Super Bowl, and it was decided by the players because Butler makes an all-time play. It is, Cal. It's an all-time play. In that that spot, it's an all-time play. He baited him into it. He ran directly to the spot. If he drops that, if he drops that ball 
Don't you think Marshawn Lynch is getting the ball on third down and they're winning the game? Yeah, of course. If he basically won the Super Bowl by himself on one play. I mean, that's an all-time play. Oh, okay. I'm not going to argue. That's almost as close as, as you can get in football to, like, hitting a walk-off. Right. It's close. It would be more like robbing a two-run home run in the seventh game of the World Series. You're the outfielder. Right. That's right. That's a good call. Yep. You're, you're winning the game by one, and yep. this ball is going over the fence. That's a tremendous call. And he catches it. Yep. And he brings it back. He brings it back, and you win, and you win the World Series. And you win the World Series. Yeah. That's, so I guess that's a great analogy. It's an all-time play. You got the truck, too. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Because I said that to my dad that night. I'm like, I bet you Brady gives him the truck. Really? My best, yeah. my favorite was the tweet from uh, Scott Ackerman from uh, Comedy Bang Bang when they gave Brady the truck. And he goes, Tom Brady's reaction to this looks like, hey, does anybody know if they make a garbage pail big enough to throw out a truck in? <laughs> That's how much Tom Brady needs a truck. You know, it's funny because there was so much controversy with the Patriots leading up to the game. Yeah. And the, this 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 faux investigation that they dragged their feet on so that it wouldn't Ooh, affect the Super Bowl. Look at you. Well, I Yeah. Um, this is the fancy pants. It's almost fitting. It's almost fitting that they had to win the Super Bowl and the story is not them winning the Super Bowl. Right. It's like, the, okay, you get to win the Super Bowl. That's great. But right. you're not, you're not the story. Yeah. The story's and, Carol making a bonehead. You know, play call. So it almost it almost feels like you know that there's a little bit of of vindication if you are not a if you are a patriot an ex patriot. Oh, look what you did, hater! I don't know. Good job. You know what I mean. Good job by you. Um, it was. Oh. I I thought it was a fantastic game. I really did. I thought it was, it, was, it was really good. And I thought Brady, you know, in the classic sense basically to me pulled a Montana and that was he took everything that the defense would give him he took everything that that secondary would give him he didn't he made even on that last drive he made really one difficult throw the one to Gronk everything else was just you're going to give it to me I'll take it and I'll be accurate and I'll be on the money and I'll be on time which is how they jumped out to the lead in the first quarter too yep it was Montana I mean it was that was Brady as Montana to me. It was surgical. He doesn't need to beat you deep. He doesn't need big-time receivers to beat you. And it was, to me, it was one of Tom Brady's more impressive performances. It really was. It was just, it was, it was clinical. That's what I, I expect that out of Peyton Manning. Right. You know, I don't expect that out of Tom Brady. And, and um, you know, as much as I, I hate the guy as a fan... As a football fan, you had to respect, you know, how many times has Tom Brady given his team a lead in a Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, he did it twice against the Giants. So, uh, legacy-wise, huge for him, right, Cal? Like we talked about last week, huge difference between 4-2 and two and 3-3. Three and three. I mean, now, there's, there's, the great, there's the greatest of all time talk. There's all that stuff. If he loses... And he's at three and three, same six Super Bowls. He's not the greatest of all time. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I think so. There's a huge difference legacy-wise between 4 and 2 and 3 and 3. And he's got four rings now, same as Montana, same as yeah. Bradshaw. I don't I, like I said I I think he was always going to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. But it would have this puts him in top 2, I think. Yeah. You could always if he had lost this game and goes 3 and 3, you could still make the argument that a guy like Bradshaw is better or a guy like um, you know, even Marino, like you could still you can't you can't put Marino in that category. No, it's Montana, and it's probably Brady. At and it's point. him. Yep. I would think. Right. And this and this lengthens the lead over Manning, to me. It lengthens the lead over Manning. I don't by think a lot. He, I Bradshaw won four Super Bowls, but I don't think he's as good as as, as Brady. No. Um, Bradshaw's a really unique quarterback, Cal. Just because he was. He was on two teams that had exceptional defenses and that won Super Bowls, greatest defenses of all time. Right. And then he was on two teams where the offense was really good and pulled its weight, and he won Super Bowl MVPs. And, like, he was one kind of quarterback for two championships and another kind of quarterback for another, mm-hmm. for the other two. You know, where does Aikman ever fit into this conversation? Why is Troy Aikman never in this conversation? Yeah, it's true. You never you never hear about him. I mean, his numbers are good. He's got three Super Bowls. What's wrong with Troy Aikman? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with him? <sighs> Won a Super Bowl with two different coaches. What's wrong with Troy Aikman? Guess he doesn't get the credit that he might deserve because the team was so good. I guess. But he he played <clears throat> a huge part in I mean, that. He's, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Troy Aikman? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, no, I didn't know if he was if he was an early Hall of Famer or first ballot or you know whatever. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, Aikman, Irvin Smith, uh, from that team. I think that's it. I don't think Nate Newton's in or anybody off that old line. The offense, um, yeah. Who's in from that defense? Right now, nobody besides Dion. Dion, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He there. wasn't there for all three, right? Why does no one talk about Aikman? I don't know. It's weird, right? Well, look, I loved Aikman. I lo- Aikman to me around that age was the prototypical. Like whenever I would make myself in Madden, I would and I would make myself a quarterback. I went to UCLA because of Aikman. Like he was like the prototypical quarterback. He looked uh-huh. like it. He was like this blonde guy from California, like with this big arm and. He was. I remember seeing him warm up when they were playing the Jets. It's probably like ninety, ninety maybe. We had the season seats, but I think it was like the first one of our first years with the season tickets. So maybe it was ninety or ninety one. I could go back and look on Pro Football Reference. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it was. It was. <clears throat> excuse me. It was early in his career, and that was before I really like kind of tailgated and stuff. So we used to go in early and watch warm ups. Yeah. And uh, watch the guys warm up and stuff. And, you know, you could go into the old Meadowlands really early and, like, watch them, like, run plays. And it looked like a high school warm up, you know? It was really cool. And he, I was right down on the sideline on the rail. He had a friggin' rocket. Yeah, huh? The ball left his hand so quickly. 
And I think at the time, like the Jets quarterback was, it wasn't Nail. Gee whiz, who's the quarterback in 90? Like Pat Ryan or, you know, Kenny O'Brien's still there. Yeah. And Kenny O'Brien had a great arm. He had a great deep arm, but he didn't throw with the velocity that Troy Aikman's like, till like you could hear it. Yeah. Oh, man, he was good. I uh, I love this Super Bowl though. I did, Cal. I really. It's the first Super Bowl in a long time I've kind of enjoyed. Yeah, it was a really. It was a really good game. Yep. And I was looking forward to it all day, and I caught up live, and I watched the whole fourth quarter live, and um, it was it was enjoyable. It was really good. Um, what do you think happens with these two teams? Because one of the things we talked a lot about, uh, me and my buddies at work, and we we talked about it a little bit, Cal, was where does this leave Seattle? Like, is this a recoverable moment? This is bad. Like, this is bad. Yeah, I don't know. Are they no. back next year and they're fine? No. No, because I don't think they're going to be the same team next year. Right. There's going to be significant departures from that team. Um, I don't think they're going to be the same. I agree. I said this to McWalters, our uh, our esteemed giant colleague, mm. biggest giant fan I know. I think anybody knows, really, if you know him. And uh, we were talking about the game the next day, and I said, buddy, I said, you're in great shape as a giant fan because, you know, Harbaugh's gone from the 49ers, so that's like an unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Eagles, uh, they, you know, Mark Sanchez, Nick Foles, like he still hasn't figured out which quarterback is going to be the guy there. Maybe they trade up and try to get Mariota, and, you know, they, they're working with a rookie quarterback. Like RG3's a mess. I said, you, you got Rodgers there, but can Rodgers stay healthy? And maybe he loses Randall Cobb. And and now this with Seattle, I said, kind of wide open. The Giants could be right there next year. It could be. Yeah, I think I think I can kind of see Seattle struggling next year and then uh, maybe struggling for a couple of years and Pete Carroll realizing, hey, you know what? I think this is done and then bailing. Right. Which is his M.O. That's, yeah. I, that's what I could see. Do you think, see, the the best thing they have going for them is it's not, Russell Wilson is so image, is sort of, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way. He is very image conscious in a good way. Right. And I don't think he holds out. Oh, I don't think he's going to hold out. I think yeah. they're going to give him a lot of money. I think, and I think you what think they'll might, like, you'll, you think they'll just extend him beforehand. Yeah, and I think what's going to happen is all of a sudden Russell Wilson is not going to be the quarterback that he was when he was making eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was. Now that he's making ten million dollars, go higher skill, than that or whatever it is. Um, his his skills and his success is not going to translate to that amount of money. He's uh he's a really good quarterback, Cal. He really he, is. Yeah, well. He is. I I almost it's funny to me how little heat I don't think he's taking a ton of heat for the throw because it's such a bad play call. Right? So he threw an interception. Like, that's like the pitcher giving, you know, the closer giving up the home run. 
but he's he's sort of getting away with it because the catcher called for a curveball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, how much is on him to have not stepped in and said, "Hey, this is we're not we're not running this play." I think. I, see, I personally that's a great point because I personally think a lot, a lot. He's a third year quarterback though. If he's won a Super Bowl, I'm just I'm playing I'm playing devil's I mean, advocate it, here. It's it's the play to win the Super Bowl. I know, I know. You know, the argument was made. Well, he's that confident in his abilities. He thinks he can make the throw. He thinks they've got a look that they like, et cetera, et cetera. But a play call comes into Peyton Manning. He goes, "No, I'm going to hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch." What if that play call comes into Tom Brady? He says the same thing. He hands the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. Right. And his running back is Marshawn Lynch. He hands the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. You got a top three back in the league who just is not going to be stopped. He's, it's not even see, and everybody keeps talking. It's not even about him being a top three back in in that particular right. running back yep. in that particular moment. Yep. was going to win the Super Bowl. Yes, no doubt. And, and every, no doubt. everybody knew that, including the Patriots. Yep, absolutely. Everybody knew that. And Pete Carroll overthought it. Yep. Oh, that's ridiculous. All right. You know, the offseason started like... And we said this a couple weeks ago, account. just one last thing on the Super Bowl. We are crack addicts. We're crack addicts. Well, if crack was football. Yeah, that's right. I didn't mean... I didn't mean to imply. No, I just... I want to just clear yeah, that up. Please, please. Because somebody turns off a podcast right then. And then turns it off. That's all they got. Well, that RTU show is certainly interesting. A couple of crack addicts talking about talking about New York sports and cake. Nice. Um, we did. We don't care. We don't care. The Patriots cheated the week before. Okay. We're still watching. We are monkeys hitting a feeder bar. We really are. And by we, you're talking about the American public. I'm that's talking we plural. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah Not you and I. I was, again, thank you for clarifying. Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm like quality control. Uh, it was the highest rated Super Bowl in the history of, of football. Yep. Highest rated Super Bowl. So domestic abuse, cheating, drugs. Child abuse. Child abuse, murder. <laughs> Highest rated Super Bowl in history. Highest rated Super Bowl. People could not watch, wait to watch. Could right. not wait. Right. So. Nothing changes. So that's why it, it makes me laugh when you talk, wow, God, the NFL, what a black eye for the NFL. Their image is awful. Shouldn't Cadell say something? Because uh, the people think he could care less. All he does is laugh. He laughs and, and smokes $100 bills. Yeah. He lights them up like cigars. While watching uh, Spygate footage and Ray Rice videos. That's what he does. Ray Rice security videos. Ray Rice security videos. He sits back in his chair, mm-hmm. lights a $100 bill. Right. And remember those burned Spygate tapes? Yeah, no, he's got them. He's got them. Right on his iPad. Right on his little iPad. Quarterback's going to rehab. And then leaving rehab eight minutes later. Guys getting pulled over with guns and $190,000 in cash in their car. Like eight minutes into the offseason. Doesn't matter. Six guys were arrested. The NFL. And the youngest, like one of the premier like young quarterbacks in the league was supposed to be like the future league. His nickname is Johnny Frigging Football. Mm-hmm. Checks into rehab. 
and then checks out. Good job, everybody. NFL. It's fantastic. The NFL. <laughs> on CBS. CBS. On CBS. Yeah, so, and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I have a crack problem myself because I looked at a mock draft on Monday. Yeah. You, on Monday. Of course you did. Hey, speaking of. Of what, Monday? Of Monday. I don't like them. I want to shoot them down. Are you Garfield? The whole day down. Garfield reference. Please check it off on your oh, box. Right. We would have accepted lasagna. We would have accepted lasagna or Trapper Keeper. Trapper Keeper. Um, I, uh, so I started doing a little bit of the, you know, looking at the draft and stuff like that. This Jets uh, offseason is going to be fascinating. Because you have uh, $40 million plus in cap room. So uh, the first day of free agency should be like freaking Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a new GM who we don't know what he's going to do. That's why like any mock draft I see right now, Cal, I'm like, and has the Jets taken Mariota or, you know, or Mari Cooper? You have no idea. This guy has no track record. He's never drafted before. He's been with the Texans for like 12 years, so you can kind of go by that. You have no idea. It's a whole new coaching staff. He's never been a head coach before. You have no idea. Like every mock I see is like, and, and every mock I see until then will be like, Abafanopoli, it means nothing. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Well, it can't come soon enough. God, I love the draft. I, can, I mean, I could use a couple of days off, I think, from football. Yeah. I wanted to. I did want to bring up one phenomenon, though, that I'm starting to notice. Um, and and it's not a bad thing, and it's not to cast aspersions at Odell Beckham Jr. It's actually to to praise him and Jerry Reese. And so you start looking at like receivers, and you start looking at draft analysis and stuff like that. And what does it all say? Right. So you start looking at the wide receivers in the draft. Right. right? What's the comment? Everywhere. What's the for the wide receivers in this draft? Yeah, what's the comment? I don't know. He doesn't have Odell Beckham's hands. Okay. He doesn't run routes as polished as Odell Beckham does. <laughs> yeah, so Odell Beckham is the standard right now. The standard because he was drafted last year. Right. So this is going to be. You remember a couple of years ago when JPP had the unbelievable season? Yes. As, as a was it his rookie year? Yeah, he was rookie or second year, I forget. And they won the Super Bowl and everybody was going crazy and you couldn't block him and he was the revolutionary person at the position and he was gonna change the way that defensive ends were selected and he was the new LT and remember all that? Yes. That next year, every guy in the draft, every defensive end in the draft was well, they're looking to try to get a JPP. That's a good point. You're right. Yeah, I remember when the Jets took Copels. When they when the Jets took Quinton Copels, his compar his comparables were to JPP. Like, oh, the Jets did a good job here. Look at his measurables. He's got the same arm span and wingspan. You know, everybody right. was trying to find the next JPP in the draft. And he was, you know, where, where did he go? Florida International or something like that? Or yeah, his small school. Nobody yeah. knew about him. Not script. I ODB is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is the same thing right now, and that's. Fine, he should be. You know, I I have a lot of Jet fans have a problem with how much he's sort of being feted and and celebrated. I'm not having a huge problem with it. He's good. 
he's very good. You know? Yeah. He's very you know, but somebody then came up to me, some giant fan was like, Did you see who you know, Odell Beckham Jr. set the record for one handed catches and I'm, and I'm like, They record this? This is the thing? <laughs> God. Did you see that? Drew Brees threw him and he had like a hundred one handed catches. No, I didn't see that. A, that's a real thing? Yeah, during the Pro Bowl. Oh. Or like the week of the Pro Bowl. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice. I, it doesn't matter. Like that kind of thing is like, okay, let's just. Do you see how many times he catches the ball with one? Yes, he's got magnificent hands. It's great. He didn't need to do that for us to know. Yeah, that, that's yeah. I'm I'm good. And I didn't know we were counting those sort of things. Like, can I set the record for anything? But you should. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> but he's going to be the uh, the watermark. Great. You know, for oh, they're they're trying to find an Odell. Hey, look, I hope the Jets find an Odell Beckham at wide receiver. You know, it's not like the guy was taken in the fifth round, though. I do. That's I mean, he was taken number twelve overall, and he was the second wide receiver taken. Yeah. Right? Or was he taken? What was he taking? Nine overall, maybe. Um, nine overall, because I think the Jets. It was right before the Jets. It was three before the Jets. Yeah, it was like right there. Is the Jets? I think he was taken at nine, and the Jets took prior at twelve. Does that like, sound right? I feel like the Jets might have been a little lower than that, but yeah, yeah. Well, maybe nine and eighteen or something like that. Because people talked about Beckham Jr. like the Jets passed on him, right? Like, well, why going, did the, why going did the Jets into, take him? Well, because he was already selected. Going into the draft, everybody was hoping he would fall to the Jets. Yes. So he wasn't. He's not like this revelation. Everybody knew yeah. how good he was going to be. No, the the Jets were supposedly looking at Brandon Cooks. Right. Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins, they knew would be gone. Right. Um, and they uh, and there was one other receiver that they uh, supposedly liked. Maybe it was Marcus Lee? No, Marcus yeah. Lee probably in the second lane. Yeah. It was him. From USC. But anyway, um, and Kelvin Benjamin, too. Kelvin Benjamin was another guy that, that everybody loved. Regardless, it's just been interesting for me, Cal, early to see, like, the o- Odell Beckham Jr. comparisons. Yeah. You know. Um, he doesn't run routes as well as Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I would like to see another year. Just saying. I've only seen a half a year. Yeah. It was an incredible 13 games, though. Yeah, he was or really 12 good. games or whatever. He had, he had like freaking 1,300 yards in like 11 games. Ridiculous. He's wow. good. He changed. He, I, I, It's like the uh, ODBJ revolution. Because he changed the entire course of that team. He did. You can't tell me that... Well, you can tell me anything you want. Yeah. I feel like Tom Coughlin may not have a job if he doesn't do what he does. Yeah, I agree with that, for sure. I think there's people ready to run Eli Manning out of town on a rail, too, and they can't because he signed... I think Tom Coughlin's out of a job. I think Bob McAdoo's your new head coach. I think it's a put-up-or-shut-up year for Eli. I, I mean, as opposed to now the Giants have the greatest receiver that ever played the game. Well, that's it's You know, there's been a little of that. But, hey, everybody loves to over-exaggerate. We'll see. We'll see what he does next year. You know, I think he's I think he's fantastic. I think he's uh, an unbelievable. He immediately inserted himself 
into like the top five receivers in the league, like immediately. Yeah. It was yeah. like Calvin Johnson, uh, you know, Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, uh, maybe Jordy Nelson, I guess, but that's maybe a little Rodgers. Hey, you got to put him right there, right? Julio Jones, got to put him right there. Oh, I think so, for sure. Immediately. Yep. Okay, so uh, moving on, then we'll have plenty of time to talk about football. I want to talk about the Mets. We have to. We've been putting it off. We need to. Well, we don't We don't have to. We need to. We don't need to either. Well, I'm at a weird place right now. I don't oh, know well, what okay, to th- I don't know what talk. to think. No, talk. I let's, want let's you talk. to talk. I got nothing to say. Let's talk this through, though. You're so full of crap. I want to hear where you're at. No, negative. I want to hear the rest of You gave me snippets of last night. You didn't I, give me the whole last night. Oh, no, I did give you. That's Unfortunately, I did give you the whole last night. And I'd be happy to recount it, but there's nothing more than what I gave you. That's how much of a waste of time it was. So Alderson came out, wasted everybody's time. It felt like a waste of time. It felt like a waste of time, and the biggest the biggest thing I took away from it was that people weren't even listening to him. Right. weren't weren't even listening to him. But, in an, was, but in an angry fashion, they weren't listening to Sandy Alderson, or in a no, like, like they no. just everybody's riding high because we're going to win ninety games. No, no, it's that nobody cares what he has to say. They were just there to network with each other. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't just, get. Th- I didn't get that from what you were texting at all. Oh, the, okay. So then, then that's. Let me let me clarify it. Yeah, then. give me some context because what I got from what you said right. was nobody was listening to all this because they like tuned them out because they don't. No, 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 no. So imagine you know, you're familiar with the Caesars Club at City Field. Yes. Okay. So that's where they have this this event every year. I've been in there set, twice, I think. Yeah. Okay. So they they set you know they have the bar is set up. Sure. Uh, opposite the bar. They set up the stools and they put a black background and it's like it's that's like the stage. Really fancy, sounds like. It's really fancy. It's you know, the carving station and everything. So, Howie Rose was the moderator last night. Tim McCarver station. The Tim. Mc... <laughs> Is that where you just go up and a guy's doing telling you how he invented the game of baseball? Right. See, if he, I'll, I'll tell you what, if they're going to cut that steak, you're going to have a piece of steak. That's how that's how it's going to work. And make no mistake, that steak is going to be a steak. That was bad. That Yours was better than mine. It, but. Neither one of them is good, but it doesn't make a difference. Anyway. Anyway. So back to last night. Howie Rose was the moderator. And just on a quick side note about Howie Rose... Sidebar. Should we should we take it over here? Yeah, let's let's move okay. over. Let's move over here. If you're okay. listening, we've just moved off to the side and we're whispering. That's right. Sidebar. Go ahead. Right. Um, Chambers, please. He's starting to irritate me a little bit. Howie Rose's. Yeah. 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 I you know I've always loved Howie Rose. Sure. Mets Islanders always loved him. Always thought he was great. I just feel like as he's getting older. He's getting way too smart alecky. Yep. Right? There's there's like there's there's some sort of like smugness and smirk about him where he's trying to be funny, but it's it it comes off as a little mean-spirited. He's getting uh, I totally agree. And he's right? getting a little sticky. Yeah, maybe that's it. And but it's a but it's a sort of like a jerky shtick. Yeah, right? 
Like it's sort of like it it doesn't feel I I agree. It doesn't there. feel good spirited. Like the other and good again, natured is much better way to say good spirited. Here just sidebar from I'm the not, sidebar. Not, a, not an American Indian. He <laughs> doesn't feel good spirited. <laughs> um the other the other day when the when the Islanders played Detroit. Yes. The open to that telecast was him just like yucking it up about how the Islanders dominate the Red Wings. Y- like yucking it up. Like this is going to be a piece of cake. Yeah. Detroit has been a playoff team for 23 straight years. All right. The Islanders have made the playoffs maybe four times in those 23 years. That's correct. Right. Never passed the first round. Correct. They've won a total of maybe five or six playoff games in those 23 years. And he was having a grand old time about how the the Islanders dominance over Detroit. Can't lose. Which you and I talked about it three days prior and had already written the game off before it even happened. Already a loss. So, anyway, that, that's my Howie Rose piece. Okay. Howie, so, Howie Rose was, was the moderator last night. You had, as always, Sandy Alderson, John Ricco, Paul D. Podesta, J.P. Ricciardi. Okay, so you should preface the brain this. Trust. The brain trust, yes. The Ivy League, the suits, right? The Ivy, the uh, the lore, the uh, skull and bones, skull and crossbones. Right. Sure. Um, you should preface this though. Give me your. I kind of know your state of mind going into that. <laughs> it's a New York state of mind, of course. But uh, some folks like to get away. <laughs> Um, get, but are you incensed when you walk in there? Yeah, going going. In, I'm incensed all off season because you're very season. angry at the Mets. Very angry, very angry at the can Mets. Can we just can we just can we just for once and for all? What am I? <laughs> I'm about to break into the Three Musketeers song again. <laughs> for one, for all, all for one. The uh, worst song ever. Can we just once and for all, is where I was going there, can you tell me why you're so angry at the Mets? What can you can you give it to me in like two sentences? Not the fans. That's a whole different podcast. Which one which we'll need to have. But the but just the organization and this off season why two sentences. Where are you? It's very simple. That's one, That's sentence. one sentence. You've already used a sentence. I I strongly suggest you're more judicious with your second sentence. Because I didn't even hear the Mets in the first sentence. Okay, are you ready? I am, I am prepared. No, I'm done. That's my two sentences. <laughs> Do I have a ticker, like, on the bottom of the screen? It's going to just, like, a bell rings every time I... This game was not intended to be so strict. I, I think I, I think I misread but this whole thing. But I'm a hard marker. I am a hard marker for this. Uh, I'll give you three sentences starting now. This team won 79 games last year, right? They added the sum total of Michael Kadire and John Mayberry Jr., They think they're going to make the playoffs this year. 
And that has your anger. <laughs> Drops the mic. That's three. That's, um, the, that's the root of your anger, right? The root, the root of my anger is them legitimately believing that they have a playoff team as currently constituted. Without doing anything to it. Without doing anything to it and not feeling the need. And it was, this was reinforced last night by some of the things that he was saying. Right. Um, they love this team. They love, the, they love the players on this team. They love Juan Ligaris. They love Lucas Duda. They love Travis Darnot. Love them. They were glowing about all these guys. And they expect them to take the next step this year. And because they're going to take the next step this year, next, this year, next year, this year, right? A couple weeks. A couple weeks. So it's this year now. Yes, that's correct. They didn't feel the need to improve anywhere. They're very, very clear about how they feel very good at every position on the diamond. All right? Now, I think there's, but I think there's something important here God. to get at because I think we're both feeling this. With all, with all you've just said, let me just piggyback on it and say – because I'm feeling this and I think you're feeling this. The ultimate frustration and anger for me with all that being said and agreeing with all that is – they should have a competitive team this year. All it would have taken was adding to that in a genuine fashion to be able to say what they're saying and feel the way they feel about the team. Right. So, like, they could have done it. It's, they are an improved team. Their rotation should be good. They're not, but they're not improved, Steve. No, no, they're no. the same team as they were last year. They're not the same team as they were last year. What's Brian? different about them? They have Matt Harvey back. Okay, that's a difference, right? The expectation is that Matt Harvey is going to pitch this coming year. I know, and you know that the expectation for him to go throw two hundred innings is stupid. There is but no they, expectation for that. They don't expect they, that. But they are adding Matt Harvey back to the rotation. Okay, that is something. Okay. They have Jacob DeGrom in his second year. He won the NL Rookie of the Year last year. Okay, they have Zach Wheeler. Not, not Zach Wheeler. He was there last year. Wait, but He's you guys... But you, it, no, but I'm just saying you expect them to improve that rotation to be good. You expect them to improve. You have potentially a good rotation, right? Mm-hmm. What you don't have, and we totally agree on this, is a competitive lineup to go with that rotation. And it wouldn't have taken much to make it a competitive lineup. And that's why I'm so pissed. Because this should be an improved team. Because the pitching is going to get better. Right? But the lineup isn't unless hope and prayers come through again. It wouldn't have taken much to make this a competitive team. It wouldn't have taken much for them to talk the way they're talking. If you added a legitimate bat at shortstop, if you added a legitimate bat in the outfield to this team, I would have no problem with them saying what they're saying. I have no problem with it. But they were they they were never going to do that. No, 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 I did. I know, I know, I know. I'm just pointing to where our anger is, and I think that's an important point or important part of of being angry, is that 
whether they were going to do it or not is inconsequential because they didn't. And they could have. And I would be extraordinarily excited about this season if they did. But they chose to add Michael Kadire and John Mayberry Jr. And Scott Rice. Who they already had. And they're (laughs) acting as if they did do these things. That's what's infuriating. Well, they're acting like they're good. We're good. We don't really need to... They're acting like they're proven. Forget good. They're acting like they're proven. One of the things Sandy Alderson said last night is he likes the fact... It's not just them, front office, saying that they expect to make the playoffs this year. His players are saying that they expect to make the playoffs this year. And he likes that. He really... That makes him feel good. Good. I'm glad he does. I don't I don't understand what possibly what, gives them what the authority did, to do that, to well, say what that. Reason, what reason did he give them to say that? None. He didn't give them anything, any ammunition on the field for them to say that. Hey, what do you think of Joel Sherman, the New York Post? Generally or overall, you know, or like specifically? Like when it comes to him writing about the Mets? Generally, or, yeah, when it comes to him writing about the Mets. I've long thought Joel Sherman's a bit of a weasel. Okay, great. So he he suggested that for about twenty million dollars, okay, their payroll is about a hundred million right now. Yep. Okay, ninety four million. But well, no, it's it's over a hundred now with the arbitration. Yeah, award. and with the forty man roster, but the opening day lineup is going to be under a hundred million dollars. If only if they trade Dylan G. Whatever. Twenty million dollars gets them to. million, right? Yep. Okay. For $20 million, the Mets could have added, and this this is his suggestion. Right. Could have added Luke Gregerson to the back end of the bullpen. Take that. Could have added Craig Breslow as your second lefty. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Could have uh, signed Jung-Ho Kang as a potential shortstop solution. Okay. Or... If, if that didn't work, he could be a, a righty positional bat. Mm-hmm. Okay, and could have gotten Deonor Navarro to to back up Anthony Recker. In, uh, no, to back up Travis Darno. Right, instead of Recker. Instead of Anthony Recker. I think they think Plowicki's going to make the team. No, I no, there's no way. Okay, Plowicki's going to make the team. I think they're thinking about a situation where Plowicki makes the team and plays two or. three two days a week behind the plate, and two days a week at first base. Okay. And I disagree completely, but that's fair. All right, sir. But So the point is, $20 million could have gotten you those four players. Yeah. And what does that do to the team? It certainly makes them better. Makes them better. Or potentially makes them better. See, I don't love the shortstop solution. I think that's where Sherman's wrong. Because you don't know what you don't know what that guy is any more than you know what Wilma Flores is. That's true. That's true, but but what what else could they have done at shortstop? But this, uh, but but this, the, well, what you're talking about too for the back end of the bullpen is important. It's very important. And they're they're giving the closer job back to a guy who hasn't thrown a pitch in anger in a year and a half. 
and they're trusting Josh Edgen as their number one lefty. And you know, is their only lefty right now? Well, Leathersitch, right? Do they expect Leathersitch to challenge and make the team? No. All right. All right, sir. They expect Rule Five pick Sean Gilmartin. Oh, right. Because why? He's a Rule Five pick, and he's got to stay on the roster all year. Otherwise, he goes back to where. It and went. they're smarter than everyone. And they're sm- and they're smarter than everyone. So look at what we found. Yep. So they're going to force feed Sean Gilmartin. Yeah, it's Cowgill yeah. all over again. Look at what we which, found. Which is great because now everybody knows. I don't know. <laughs> what what happened there? Something just started playing in my ear. What? It was a McDonald's commercial. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> How is that possible? I don't know. I got distracted. It's our producer. Well, who's not here tonight? Yeah, it's, it's a backup. It's a big. McDonald's commercial? Yeah, it was really weird. Man, this is odd. My point is, Sean Gilmartin's going to get shoved down our throats, and everybody's going to hate yeah, him. because he's got to be on the roster all right. year. And everybody's going to hate him, and every time he comes into the game, everybody's going to boo, and it's going to set him up for failure. Setting him up for failure. That's what they do. They set these guys up for failure. They've set Wilmer Flores up for failure. Absolutely. Because they, they talked about getting a shortstop all, all offseason, and they're going, they're settling for Wilmer Flores. Two things. I thought about this the other day, and I want to bring this up. Now you got me all worked up. Thanks a lot. Um... I'm going to give you two names, all right? Okay. I'm going to give you the name Ike Davis, Yep. and I'm going to give you the name Dylan G. Sure. Okay? Going into the off-seasons of 2013 and 2014, it was clear that they had capacity in certain areas. Last year, they had capacity at first base. They had Duda. They had Davis. One of them had to go. Yep. They thought last year, no problem. We're going to go into the offseason. We can, we can get whatever we want for Ike Davis. They wound up getting nothing for Ike Davis until the season started. And then they got a middling AAA relief pitcher for Ike Davis. Yep. Misread the market. This year, they've got six starting pitchers ready to go. Nah, no problem. We'll just trade Dylan G. We'll get our shortstop that way. It's February 5th, and Dylan G is going to be a $5 million relief pitcher. He's going to be a $5 million long man. Yep. Right. So misread the market. So the geniuses from the Ivy League schools, two years in a row, horribly, horribly, horribly misread the trade market for these two guys. And set a guy up for failure. And set, and, and set a guy up for failure. How is G supposed to be successful in this situation? He's been, he's been being traded every day. That's every day. why I'm angry. And the other reason why I'm angry. And here's a guy who's pitched, too, Cal, who's pitched his guts out for this team for three years. He really has. He came back from surgery, had the neck surgery, had the aneurysm. Like, I mean, this guy pitched his guts out for them. And, he, you know, their treatment of him is, is shoddy at best. And then when they move him to the bullpen and he fails there, they're going to be like, oh, well, now we can't get anything for him. You know, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there. Go on. Make them more reluctant to spend money because they've just wasted $5 million. Well, they can't spend money. I'm just saying. Don't get me started there. Because they can't spend money. Because they can't. Because they're not going to because they can't. The other thing that makes me so angry about this team is the constant self-deprecating jokes that come out of the general manager's mouth. Yes. Who has absolutely no sense of the fan base's 
the way they feel right now, the tone of the fan base. I don't think no he sense, cares. No sense of it. I, I think he has a complete sense, but I don't think he cares. Well. I think in many ways he's like, he's sort of uh, anti- antithetical to it. Like, it sort of challenges him. So he led off last night with, you know, we signed Michael Kadire right at the beginning of the off season, And then I guess the big question is, what have we been doing since? And he started laughing about that. Yeah, that's our question. Yeah. What have you been doing? Well, he claims that they've been evaluating all of the alternatives for shortstop. That's what they've been doing. They've so, been working they've so been three wor- months. They've been working on potential trades that they just they feel like the value that they could get is just not worth it. Okay. So he he claims that they've been working and evaluating and but I think it's like a country club up there. I think they're just all hanging out. Comparing their Ivy League degrees, I don't, I don't, and yeah. And here's the worst part, Pry. I like Wilmer Flores. Always liked Wilmer Flores. I always had since they drafted the kid when he was like 16 years old. But if Wilmer Flores starts the season five for 32, I know he's it's it's gonna, it's, of course done. His career, out, his career gonna, is going to be he's going to get pulled out of the stadium. It's just. They could have done – forget about Joel Sherman's suggestions, although his ones for the back of the bullpen are interesting. I thought it was interesting. No, they are. He's right. The only thing I disagree with is the shortstop because that guy's unproven too. Right. Well, you can't tell me with – and this has been everywhere. Did you see Keith Law's um, write-up of the farm system, right? So the Mets now have the fourth-best farm system in baseball. That was the other thing. They were very, very patting themselves on the back for that. And they should. And they should. That's yeah, but who, who cares about the farm system? It's imp- Well, who let me, why, let me why get there, get- but let me get All there. Right, right. You care about the farm system because of the one thing they don't do. I mean, Keith Law even said it in his, you know, his write-up of the top 100, and the Mets had six players in it or whatever. And he talked about um, you know the Mets' best Mets' best prospects and stuff, and in that header paragraph, he said, "And it's really time to unload some of it for major league talent." See, that's why you care. Why you you care that they made it the fourth best farm system in baseball because they should be able to add major league talent using it. But the reason why I don't care that they have the fourth best uh, farm system in the major leagues is because they're not using it as a resource. Right. They're not. They're not. He, he flat out said, we were not trading Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, and I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Well, it depends on the deal. I mean, it... Depends it, on the deal. I can't imagine if they offered him Mike Stanton for Noah Syndergaard, he would have turned it down. I, I mean, I think he was... You know, I read that he said that, and you were there, and you saw it. I think he's talking about... The kind of deals that were being offered to them. I mean, you know, if, if Starling Castro is part of a package and they want Noah Syndergaard and and Rafael Montero, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Completely belies the fact that get creative at some point. You still have the fourth best farm system in baseball. You can't go get a shortstop, and it's rich with pitching. If you've got the like, fourth, was Noah Syndergaard, the only pitcher that anybody wanted. You've got the fourth best farm system in baseball, right? What? Where does San Diego rank in that? Don't know. Don't know. I, 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 and I apologize 
if San Diego is one of the three better farm systems than the Mets. But we're going to assume that they're not for my point. And the point is, the San Diego Padres, the San Diego Padres went out and acquired an entire starting outfield this offseason. And a, and a potentially good one. An entire starting outfield. And for no other reason, if you think your team is so great, for no other reason to try to improve your team is to keep up with the teams that were behind you that just got better than you and made moves to get better. And you sat there and watched them all pass you by. Like the Marlins. The Marlins. The Padres. Other, the Nationals. And that's not Scherzer. Well, and that, well that, was, that was the other, you know, the other the big joke that yeah. killed last night. You know, they already they finished 17 games ahead of us saying, you know, how much better could they, could they do? Yeah, how, how much more can they win against us? Well, they could probably win all 18. Right. This year, good luck scoring 40 runs in those 18 games, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you, you brought up a great point, Bri. You know why? Matt Kemp. You couldn't go get Matt Kemp and put him in left field on this team? You couldn't do that. I mean, LA, you, you, LA is paying him. You couldn't Diego's go get Matt Kemp. Oh, they couldn't. They couldn't pick him up, Cal. They couldn't even afford what the Dodgers aren't picking up. Couldn't go get Matt Kemp. I'll tell you what. Go get me Matt Kemp. Trade Murphy. Put Flores at second. And go get me Ian Desmond. And away we go. Where are you going to put Matt Kemp? Left field. Where are you going to put Granderson? Right field. Where are you going to put Kadire? I'm I'm signing I'm not I'm not I'm not running to sign Kadire. And if I am, I'm signing him as a fourth outfielder and a platoon first baseman. I'm not signing to play him every day. That's what they did. I know. That's what they did. I know. So that's why I'm angry. Yeah. Well I am too. Go to hell. And I'm well, that's strong. I think I'm, I think what I'm most okay. We got it. I think what I'm most angry about is I want to really like this team. Oh yeah, it has such a chance to be such a likable team with this young. I was thinking the other day watching that MLB Network thing, you know, with and Darling talking about Harvey Degrom. There's there's a potential week where we will see this year Harvey Degrom Wheeler Nice. And Syndergaard pitch five games. Right. Up against Scherzer, Strasburg, Gonzalez. But but you know what? You feel feel like, you know what? You kind of feel like with your guys, like a little bit, they're not better, but you feel like bring it. Oh, okay. Maybe you feel that. I do. And then I look at our lineup and I look at their lineup. And then I say, well, we're going to lose four of those five games. Well, which game are you winning? I don't know. They have trouble with Nice sometimes, don't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody, I think it was Adam Rubin put up after the after the meeting or whatever, put up the lineup. You know, like Lagaris, Murphy, Wright, Duda, Kadire, Granderson, Darno, Flores, and it, like people were tweeting everywhere, like that's not bad. You know what? That's not bad at all. That's not bad. Yeah. 
it would be great if seven of those eight spots were in question marks. Seven of eight. Seven eighths. <laughs> Which one isn't the question mark? Murphy. Murphy. Is the only one whose production you can reasonably count on. If Daniel Murphy is healthy, here's what he's going to do. Right. You could even argue that maybe there's a little bit of a boost because he's in a contract year. Yep. Maybe. But I'm just talking about straight, you know what you're going to get from Daniel Murphy if he's healthy. You're going to get around a 300 average. You're going to get around yeah. a, you know, whatever, 330 on base percentage. You're going to get, you know, 35 doubles. You're going to get 15 home runs, you know, 10 to 15 home runs. You're going to get, you know, maybe 80 runs scored. You know what you're going to get from Dan, and you're going to get seven really bad errors at second base. And you know what you're going to get from him in that lineup with the stick. You cannot say that about any other player in that lineup, including and including and up to David Wright. Especially David Wright. That's right. That's right. But they know. Yeah, they know. They're all smart. David Wright's working out really hard, Cal. Uh, You're not going to find a guy who loves David Wright more than me. Wow, that's. I hope you didn't just pop on the podcast and catch that one. <laughs> We're crack addicts, and I love David Wright. That's for the person that, that was in before that's then, right. then left. Turned it off like, I'm not listening to these crackheads. No, let, me, let me see what's going on. Let me give them a chance again. I love David Wright. You won't find a man who loves David Wright more than me. <laughs> but but I got to see it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You know... Here's the other piece. Ah, uh, Christmas trees. I could that so we, like this team. Yeah, we haven't. I haven't even mentioned this. There's another piece. Oh, there's another piece. Not from last night, but of about this team. We we are going on and on about how much we're frustrated and we're angry. Yeah, you got to circle back, by the way, to the networking thing. Go on. Okay. Well, I haven't even mentioned the name Terry Collins yet. <laughs> How angry and upset we are! I didn't even mention that. Man's right, move. we didn't even have to. We didn't even have to get to the manager. Oh boy! Right? Oh boy! Terry Collins. Terry, Co- I mean, just we're wait. gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a show where we, and, and we're gonna get some Met guys on. We're gonna get Khaled on or or, or somebody because I do want to talk about the baseball aspect of this team as we get closer to the season. I do. I, I don't want to just bitch and bitch and bitch. Um, you know, I, I like Tra- Travis Darno. You know that. I like, I would, nothing would please me more than seeing Wilmer Flores um, be productive and, and play, a, you know, a good enough shortstop. Uh, I like I like Ligaris. I like these guys. Ligaris has a little clutch gene to him. I like it. You know, Duda, you know how Duda, I, you know how I feel about Duda. He's, I'm lukewarm on him. Um, sure. No, I am. I, I mean, I would love to see him, but, you know, but Ike Davis hit 30 home runs a couple years ago. Like, what tells me he's going to do that again? Did Ike Davis do it again? No, never. And he never will. So I, he can't just, well, we got Luke Duda at first. But, well, you can't tell him he's going to do it again. 
but I, I, you know, I, 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 even I like Granderson a ton. He's such a professional. He's a great guy. He's a great teammate. He can hit some home runs. You know, maybe he gets his. I mean, there's a lot to like on this team. And forget about it, Harvey Degrom Wheeler over a weekend. I'm in. I want to be in. Of course we all do. Couldn't you have just showed me something other than Michael Kadire? And this is, I wanted them to sign Kadire as a fourth outfielder. That's, that's, that's the bitch. Show us something. You're this close. You've, we've been waiting how many years for you to get to this point? And you've built it. You've built it. You made the trades. You built up the farm system. You held on to guys. Mm-hmm. You didn't make trades. You didn't make, you know, you made the Dickey trade. You made the Beltron trade. You botched the Reyes thing. Do something resembling anything. Could you imagine for a second the goodwill I'm not saying he could have done it. It's not, you know, fantasy baseball or whatever. But could you imagine the goodwill he would have garnered trading for Jose Reyes? Could you imagine? He could have traded anybody for Jose Reyes. He could have traded, he literally could have traded anybody short of Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey, yep. And maybe Degrom. Everybody loves Degrom right now too. Yeah. But if he tra- he could have traded Wheeler, could trade Syndergaard. He could have traded Syndergaard to yep. get to get Jose Reyes back. Yep. People, they, people would have been falling over all over each other trying to get tickets for this team. Yep. I would have. Yes. That's all it would have taken. And it's a need. It would now, be an admission of a mistake. And not only that, but it's, he's not going to trade any of these guys. Well, no. 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 Could you imagine the goodwill that would have that would have bought? And it would have made the team better. Mm-hmm. Like, exponentially. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's so much to like. Would have only taken one or two little tweaks. One or two moves that show that you're going for it. Mm-hmm. And we would have been right there. And we'll, you know, if they if this team somehow starts out, you know, 22 and 10, we'll be right there. And I won't feel guilty for a second about it. I'll be waiting for the floor to drop out. Speaking of the floor dropping out. No, I'm just kidding. No chance they're going to go 22 and 10. There's no chance. Should we bet on that? Should we wager on that right here? Why you think they're going to? No. Okay, great. What do they play? 21 of their first like 32 against the NL East? Yeah, against the Nationals. <laughs> it's entirely possible they could go 0 and 22. For some reason, they've just scheduled 21 games. Right, the straight. Um, <laughs> what did you mean by the networking? Thing? So, okay, so the way that this this event works is I was, that's what I was trying to get into before. Howie Rose is moderating. You have them all up there. Howie Rose kind of asks each of them a question just to kind of kick it off. Sure. And then they throw it out to the audience, and it's and it's a Q and A. Do I mean do you go up to a mic or do they have like a mic set up? And Alex walk Anthony walks around with the mic. The PA announcer, Alex Anthony. All right, sir. Very very receding hairline. 
on this man. He's that's, not he's not that old. That's the big takeaway. His hairline is extremely receding. Is he like uh Dylan from nine oh two and oh, Luke Perry no. style? No. He's more like um I don't know the I don't know the actor's name, but he played uh cousin Ira on Mad About You, the Paul Reiser okay. show. Yep. I can't think of his Love name. Love that guy. Right. His hairline is like I mean great, top char- of great character actor. Right. So that's Alex Anthony. Okay. Nice guy. Really nice guy. Yeah. But just, you know it's it's a tough look. It's a but tough so he, look. So he walks around Sure. And and you raise your hand, or you yeah. So you raise your hand, and they have a team of of employees that kind of walk around. And if you raise your hand, the team of employees will run over, okay, and will take your name and the question that you want to ask. We'll feed that to Alex Anthony, okay. and then from that list that he has, he goes around and he selects the next person that's going to ask the question. Okay. So you don't necessarily, but that doesn't stop everybody from when Howie Rose says, "Okay, we're going to take our next question." Everybody in the front row raises their hand. Right. But that's not how it works. As if there was no system put no, in place. It hasn't worked like that in five years. It never they, works. Out. Every, every time, okay, our next question, and they all they're wait, they're wait, you know, like <laughs> like the kid that knows the answer in class. No, he's not going to call on you. Still, it still doesn't work that way. Still, you sir, with the pins on your hat in the front row, <laughs> he's not going to call on you. <laughs> uh, yes, you in the Kuzmin jersey. <laughs> yes, you sir. Uh, with so, the with the nineteen seventy three NL East champion fishing hat, you sir. Uh, and, the, and the Joan Payson button. <laughs> you, you, sir. Yes, you had a question, I believe. <laughs> so he, he goes around and asks a question. So as this is going on, right, towards the back of the crowd, you've got people that are just hanging out. Right. And just talking amongst themselves. Right. So so Sandy so they asked the here here is a fan asking the Met general manager a question. This access that you get to an executive of a major league baseball team. Exclusive access. Exclusive. Well, you got to pay a pretty penny to get this access. Right. And you've got groups and pockets of people that are just not even paying they could care less what he has to say. They're just they're just chatting away. People are taking cell phone calls. One okay, so there's one guy behind me, and now are, but I mean, are they talking to each other about the Mets? Are these no, are no. these bloggers? Are these what are Listen, who are these people? So they're, uh, they're, are these business people? The 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 mic the sound was kind of low, so we're standing there and we're struggling to listen to what Sandy Alderson has to say. Right. Wait, there was a technical problem. Did they skimp on the PA there? Yeah, good one. Right, Shock. a couple of tin cans. So we're listening, and well, we're trying it to hear. Sounds he- like it. We have to. It's essentially, we're trying to hear what he has to say, and all of a sudden, you hear the, the cell phone go off behind us. You know what? Right. Some some sort of you know wacky ringtone. Right. Girls, 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 kicks off. Whatever right. it was, it's behind us, right? So we're still listening. Well, I don't know, let's who didn't put their phone on vibrate, whatever. Yeah. So then a guy answers the phone. Of course. Hello. 
And he's, he's talking loud. Yeah. No, I'm still here. Uh, hot dogs, burgers. <laughs> yeah. No, and and he's having a conversation. Not Full conversation. So that's one guy having a cell phone conversation. That's great. talking about what he got, what he ate. Oh, that's thing. magnificent. Then there are groups of people that are just like they're talking. They they look like businessmen that were probably season ticket holders that came for the event and then just didn't care what yeah, was going on. They, they don't care, right? Right. No. And just talking amongst themselves, not about not about baseball even, not even like forget about what he's saying. They're not even talking about baseball. They're talking about work or whatever. Right. But it, it just it struck me as like people didn't give a crap what he had to say. Like right. nobody cared. Whereas meanwhile, I would I would give anything to be there and ask a question. Right, I really you would, would. You would be sitting there like scribbing notes on a notepad. <laughs> everything he said. I would be. You know, and we and look, I, I can't stand the guy right now. But I was trying to hear at least what he had to say. Of course, you have access to the general manager of your baseball team. Nobody cared. That's nobody cared. Unbelievable. Nobody cared. The people that did ask questions, many of them congratulated him. On 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 building this team, yeah, they're excited, Cal. We're we're in the minority. They thanked him for everything. In the minority, I told you the one guy asked, you know, congratulated him on building the greatest pitching staff in the history of baseball. (laughs) I mean, he had to laugh at that, right? He didn't. No. Come on. Shut up. No, he didn't. So so this guy. Went on and on about the greatest pitching staff in the history of baseball and thanked him for building this team that we could really get behind. And now, and I forget what his question was in there, but when he finished talking, because it was such a it was such a love fest for Sandy Alderson. Right. He said, "All right, thanks everyone. Good night." That like, was it. Yeah, like he was, you know, he made a joke that right. he didn't have to say anything because he was he was pleased with that question. Right. He, look, he's a funny guy, Cal. It's hysterical. Great material. Is there... I'll end the Mets discussion with this. Please. Is there any way for you to get behind this team? I'll get behind this team... Like, can you get excited for baseball? uh, We always do. We've been doing this show for a long time. We've been friends since we're eight years old. We always do. And And I will get excited for baseball... And then I'll remember that my team sucks, and then I'll get depressed again. What if they don't? If they don't, they I would, for me to get excited about this team, they would have to hit August within three games of a playoff spot. So it's got to go all the way to August. Yeah, I think so. So if they have a like a sixteen and five April, mm-hmm. you're not you're not in. I'm gonna watch every game, of course, and I'm well, gonna root for them. Co- well, of course. But I'm not. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be in because I'm. I'm skeptical and I'm wait. Really? Here's 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 what I'll tell you. They get to the they get to the trading deadline. This is, here we go. August. They hit August three games out. They're at the trading deadline. They do nothing to to improve this team. I'm done. I'm done. If they do something, so they July thirty first. They're three games out of the wild card, and, and they, they do nothing. They do nothing. They do nothing. That's it. I'm done. And Syndergaard's up, and he's pitching well, or whatever. He won't be, but yeah, I'm. I'm no, I'm done. Wait, wait, wait. He won't be. No. So no. Syndergaard's not coming up this year. I don't. I don't see how. Where's he? Where's he going to come in? Where's he going to pitch? 
you think that Bartolo Colon's going to do it again? We're, what are they going to do with Bartolo Colon? No, I'm saying you think he's going to stay healthy for 25 starts again? As he's he's done it how many years in a row? 27 years in a row. Right, it's amazing. The fat bastard. <laughs> oh well. You got it, look. If Syndergaard goes down to AAA and is just lights out, you got to get him up at some point. Okay. No, I'm. Come on, come on. Oh, you know you you must be new here. Hi, welcome, welcome to being a Mets fan. So he he won't come up until after right. Obviously, is Super Two status right? Well, clearly he won't. Be we're we're going to have to do that again. Right, he won't be up until June for sure. Um, well, it's late June this year too. That's true. Although you know, I guess when Degrom goes down, he could come up, right? The inevitable Degrom injury you're counting on. Well, Degrom. Well, no, Degrom's been hurt already. Wheeler's the one that hasn't been hurt yet. So that's correct. So Wheeler would be the one to go down it's, this year. It's his turn. Right. You think John Neese is going to throw a hundred innings? You know, uh, or, or uh, make twenty five starts? No, but he's going to make a lot of excuses. Yes, for sure. And he's going to show up as manager every chance he can. Well, I don't blame him on that one. No, but he's uh, a real professional. I would, too. Don Neese. You're, uh, you're not a fan back. of Neese. Oh, boy. Oh, what a oh boy. Please, oh boy. Take, go somewhere else, John Neese. It's going to be a fun year. <laughs> what the hell has John Neese ever done to, to act like the ass that he does? He does on this team? He does act like he's won, like, two Cyan Awards. My ugh. Yeah, you were the ace of a 74-win team. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Congratulations. And, and you couldn't even stay healthy for that. Congratulations. Good job out there. Okay. Well, I think oh, we can, uh, think we can wrap, up, wrap up the show on that note. The last thing he said was um, he doesn't expect – he expects Matt Harvey to start the home opener. He's yeah, not gonna, that. He's not going to pitch the first week of the season, and then he'll start the home opener. Right. So, man, the people clapped. Like, freaking clapping. Speaking giving, of... Go ahead. They were, they were giving him an ovation. Like, what did, what did somebody mention? Oh. It's like he just walked out on Ellen. We have, um, so we've got Stephen Matz coming, and he's, you know, local kid from Long Island. People start clapping. <laughs> yeah. This is my buddy Tom's biggest problem with Ellen. That she has like she'll mention like a middling celebrity that's going to be on the show and people go crazy. <laughs> that's what Stephen Matz was. That's that's his biggest problem with Ellen. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, he's a very big fan of the show. Like the show. Speaking of uh, rounds of applause and stuff, have you seen the Saved by the Bell thing that Jimmy found? No, I didn't get to see it yet. Is it good? It's good. It's good. That, was it done better than the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I didn't see the Fresh Prince one. Because that was done well. Yeah. It, this is... I don't know what the Fresh Prince one was like. The Saved by the Bell one is... Obvious. Yeah. And good. Okay. Clever. Like they, they make... No, not really, but it doesn't need to be. Okay. Good-spirited. Very good. Very, very American Indian. Very good-spirited. Um... No, they like they make all the jokes that you expect them to make, right? Um, and it's you know it's uh, the round of applause that Mark Paul Gosselier gets is about a minute. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, he's uh, 
It was like the State of the Union. Like, I mean, it was unbelievable. He did that on Kimmel's show about a year ago, too. Right. But, the, I mean, the, the round of applause, getting back to this round of applause thing. Oh, right. The the length of ovation for each, like, then Jesse shows up. And, I mean, they're going, they're clapping for, like, 45 seconds straight. Uh-huh. Hooting hot. Like, you can't even start the sketch. <laughs> Mario Lopez, you know, Slater comes out. And forget it. 45 seconds of clapping. It's like an eight-minute clip, and like three minutes of it is clapping. <laughs> yeah, but they, he does... Look, Fallon's not not dumb. Like, he does the smart thing. He yeah. he wrote in the jokes like, what would you want to see Jesse Spano do? Are you asking me? Yeah, what would be the two jokes... If you had Elizabeth Berkeley on, what would you right. make a joke about? You want to see her sing I'm So Excited. That's right. I'm So Scared. Nailed it. Right. She, she did. Right. And uh, They found a way to work that in. Okay. And There's then what, what joke would you make about Elizabeth Berkeley? Oh, striptease. That's it. Not striptease. No, yeah. Yeah, you got it's it. Striptease? Yep. That's the one with... Uh, no, yeah. striptease is the Demi Moore one. Yeah, no. What am I thinking of? Uh, girls. Uh... uh Showgirls. Showgirls. Right. Paul Verhoeven, Showgirls. Okay. So she did, yeah. Okay. You you just nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Right? What would you, what would be the, uh, the Slater one was pretty obvious. Slater, uh, he probably shows up in a tank top. They, well, he's in, I mean, they're dressed completely appropriately. Okay. Um, like literally their clothes from the set. <laughs> Like the acid wash jeans. And then, of course, he dances. Right. All right. How about the big cell phone? They have a big cell phone? The big cell phone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you hear a cell phone ring, and Jimmy Fallon and Mark Paul Gosselier take out these huge cell phones. Right. Is so, Mr. Yeah. Belding walking around? Belding comes in. Okay. I didn't see the end. I, I turned it off when Belding came in, so I didn't get to see, uh, what's I her name? watch it. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I did. I did read that uh, Screech was well, not in, there. He's in jail, I think. Right. And uh, didn't, the he, other didn't he stab someone, Lisa? Uh, Lisa Turtle. He didn't stabbed he, Lisa Turtle. He stabbed Lisa Turtle. Did he stab someone, Lisa? <laughs> Why'd you call me Lisa? It's not a name. He's. <laughs> so other than that, though, it was pretty authentic. It was. They didn't have those two. Okay, but I wanna, I'm going to watch it. You just completely na- – you could have written it. Well, I was a big Saved by the Bell fan. So. Well, who wasn't? Yeah. When you wake up in the morning. They had that in at the – you know, like they had him uh, – like, how was your day? And he's like, well, I woke up in the morning and – Oh, and he, and he like recited the – Yeah, he recited it. Did they show up at the uh, at the restaurant, the, the diner that they always eat at? No, oh, no, it's all, it's all on the – on the on the Bayside High set. Right. You went to Bayside High, right? That's your local high school? The local high school is Bayside High School. Bayside, right? Yeah. No, you didn't go to Bayside. Very different. Not the same. Not <laughs> different the same. Bayside? Correct. Hey, before we go, yes. I know, I know we got to wrap this up, yep. but I just wanted to get your take briefly on the New York Islanders. What's that now? That's the, uh, the local hockey team? Yeah. The local yeah. hockey organization? Right. Right, the the community team that gets yeah. together. That's right, that little squad. You know, on the um, ice. Look, give me, give me, give me, 
like three minutes on where you are with this team. I didn't right get now. to watch the game tonight, as I said, but I listened to a good deal of it um, while I was waiting uh, for my audition. And, you know, I it sounded to me like if, you know, if Mason's not playing that game, they win 5-2. to two. Especially in the second period. Like, they're just peppering him, and he's making ridiculous saves and robbing Bailey and robbing, you know. Uh, it sounds like they played a very good game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a win, spoiler alert, uh, you know, in the shootout, and they got two hugely needed points. Um, I was starting to push the panic button for one reason. Uh, with this three-game loss. And it's probably the reason you pushed it weeks ago and I talked you down. Right. I can't have this team fail. No, I'm not talking about not winning a Stanley Cup or something like that. I'm just... I need this team to get to the playoffs and do well. Right. I can't... I can't have it. I don't think I can take a collapse of this team. Like a calamitous... Mm. sort of collapse. You know, going from like the three seed and, and the and the lead in the division to like the seven or the eight. And or having the one seed. You know, and having to play the one seed in the first I, like I can't. I can't have it. I can't. It will ruin me. I have so much invested in this team. And I have you know, I've always loved them, but now like my kids into them you know, I'm uh, just I'm pot invested in this team. I can't have it, and I'm scared because I don't trust the coach. Um, I don't trust the penalty kill, and I don't trust the power play. And they need to have those things. Well, they have a coach. That's right. They don't have. That's debatable on some nights. They don't have a penalty kill. They barely have a power play. Yeah. That's debatable on some nights whether they have a coach. On the coach, yeah, I know, I understand. Um, what what I need to caution? Well, there's a couple things here. Go ahead. Number unpack number, it for us. Number one is uh, every time now they've lost three games in a row, and they've done that three times this year. Yep. They've stopped it. Yep. With a win, and the previous well, this is the fourth time actually. The previous three times that they lost three games in a row, they went off on a run right after it. Yes. So let's see what happens. And I think two of them were overtime wins or shootout wins. Yeah, yeah. And and, and tonight, the Devils one was. Yeah, there was another one too. Yep. But tonight sort of just, it fit the script very nicely as to how this season has gone. They came out tonight and they were going to win this game. Okay, by hook so by yeah, yeah, like I said, I listened to parts of it. Yeah, so you would, yeah. You, if you had watched it, you would have seen a difference in the way that they played. I mean, they only, they almost scored 30 seconds into the game. Oh, okay. Like right away. Um, Matt Martin got into a fight two minutes into the game, broke his nose and then came back in the second period yeah. with a, a broken nose. Yeah. Um, Cal Clutterbuck scored the tying goal. Yeah. Make it two, two, then scored the decisive goal in the shootout. Cal Clutterbuck looked like he put this team on his back tonight. Right. Cal Clutterbuck. Right, fourth line winger. Right, but they just but th- there was a different feel to the team. My biggest problem with this team is th- is they don't have a sense of urgency. Mm. Everything they're very relaxed. They're way too deliberate in what they do. 
They don't like to take shots. They like to pass up opportunities. Right. And I think that that's what they, they kind of get wrapped up in that when they hit these little losing streaks these that, skids, they, yeah. that they've had. And tonight completely changed the way that they were playing. So that's the first thing is that it fit the narrative of the season right. pretty well. Okay. Now let's see what happens. They play Boston on Saturday. Then they play Buffalo Sunday that they have problems with. Yeah, Edmonton after that, they lost to them earlier in the season. So, so they have the opportunity to pick up some wins and kind of get their momentum back. Yeah. So let's see what happens. Second thing is you're so afraid of them falling from like the one seed, eight seed. And the thing I need to caution you about, and I did this to myself, <laughs> and that's why I can do this for you now. Right. Points separate one and eight. Yeah, no, I know that. Any of these teams can finish anywhere, I, and, it, I, and it's not I, a collapse. I get that, but it doesn't have to be that way. I know, but I'm just saying. Because if they finish out of the top four, it is a collapse. Because they're in the top four, and they've played like a top four team all year. Right, but all eight teams are playing like top four teams I, right now. Hey, look, I understand. They need to keep it up. I'm, uh, okay. It's not a. It's. I don't okay. want to be the eight seed. I don't want to be the eight seed. That's, that's a fine. That's a failure to me. That's a collapse. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I understand what you're saying. I get they're all tightly bunched, and the East has been, you know, is look at their division record, Cal. It's seventeen and two. Seventeen and two against the division. Like, there's no excuse for them to go from like the three or the four to the eight. There's none. But you. They're, that's a collapse to me. They need to keep winning and keep getting points. I just can't. I can't. Points out, if they are four points ahead of the eight seed, four points. That's two wins. I know. It's not a collapse. I know. Four points now. There's still thirty games left. Yeah, but I'm just saying. So they lose four points in thirty games. That's not a collapse. But they're going to play those teams. Right, and if they lose those games and right. fall down to where they are, and those teams go up to where the Islanders are, that's yeah. a collapse. That's, but it's not a collapse. See, you're using the word collapse. You know, collapse. Do you want them to win the Metro Division? Of course I do. Well, then if they don't, you are an authority on a collapse. I know. A collapse would be missing the playoffs. Fine. A mini collapse. <laughs> a collapse. All right. I, they, I just can't have them be the eight seed and sneak into the playoffs. I can't have it. Okay. Win something. Win the Metro Division. Announce your presence with authority. You've got 33 wins. They've win been, something. They've been so bad for so long. I think they've announced their presence with 33 wins. Not good enough. Yeah. And they made the playoffs two years ago. They snuck in. The they playoffs made the playoffs two years, two years ago. I don't care. Short. They made the playoffs two years ago. Okay. Doesn't even count. Were they bad two years ago? They were. They were good for two months. They got hot at the right time. Yeah. Right. So they made the playoffs two years ago okay. with this with most of these guys. This is not out of nowhere that they're good this year. 
It's that not. They're, that they're this good, they're, that's out of nowhere. It's not. You Come on. It's a bigger, I, it's a bigger I leap. I foul on that. It's a bigger leap than I thought they were going to take, but I expected them to not just make the playoffs and edge in. I expected them to challenge for a 4, 5, or a 6 seed. Mm. Once they made the trade for Boychuk and Letty and they signed Halak, I expected this team to make the leap. Those were the glaring errors that they didn't address last year. They addressed them this year. I didn't think this was a struggle to make the eight seed team. Okay. I didn't think they were 33 wins good. I, I freely admit that. But I bet, I, I must have thought it because I bet Ranger fans back in freaking, you know, August or September that they were going to have more points than the Rangers. That doesn't mean anything. You get wrapped up in that stuff no matter what. Uh, well, uh, no, that's not true. Yeah, I am not a gambling man in that way. No, but if but if you're egged on by a Ranger fan, you'll you. Take oh, so you're saying I'm feeble-minded? No, not feeble-minded. I feel like you just said I am feeble-minded. No, you're not of a, a feeble mind. That's <laughs> another Native American <laughs> man with feeble mind. Of feeble mind. Of feeble mind. No, <laughs> you are not. Of feeble mind. Um, it's one tear coming down. I feel like that's racist. Is that racist? Yeah. I don't I, I, it's not. I don't think it is. Cut that out. <laughs> Big chunk of... But like a really crude edit to that. Like we're talking about one thing and the next thing you're right. talking something else. Right. <laughs> what is this? Did somebody hit the dump button? <laughs> Why are they now talking about ice cream? Weird. Uh, so how do you feel after they won tonight? Good. You off the ledge? I, I would say. Okay. But you're skeptical. And that's fair. I'm still nervous. How's that? It's fine. You're going to be nervous. I'm, I'm, like I told you, I'm taking a, a bigger look at this now. Yeah, you're the Longview guy. I am. I'm you're well, John, trying. You're trying. Johnny Longview. I'm trying it. Before they even got to February, uh, Tuesday... I kind of looked at the month of February because it's a huge month. They play so many games. Right. They play 15 games in the month of February, which is a lot. They play like every other night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 13, and I'm, 21 days. Too. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm good with, with 18 points out of, out of 30. That's, that's what I was looking for. You wanted 20. I wanted 20. You amended that very quickly after one loss. I wanted 10. After so we knew they were going to lose that game. <laughs> and you changed it. I but uh, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Okay. Give me, give me 18. Let's let's see where you are at the end of February. Okay. 18 points should be should be good for them. That's nine wins. In well, the they're they're one and one. They're one and one. That's fine. They've gotten two of four points. There's an opportunity, um, to pick up a lot of points in the next couple of weeks with some of the teams that they're playing. Yeah, teams they, they, sh- teams they, t- they should beat. They tend to play down to those teams, though. You they know, they do. It. Of course, they do. But they play up to the good teams too. Yep. So they do. We'll see. I am. I am officially unledged. I hope so. Unledged. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Thank you for uh, listening to 
tonight. Go to www.rtsports.com to download the podcast or go to iTunes and search for Ready to Unload. And you can uh, find us. You can even just type in, you know, Cal and Sam Pete. You'll find us. Okay, Cal, final unload. I'm sorry. I cannot wrap my head around this Bruce Jenner thing. Can't. The man was a decathlete. I remember eating Wheaties with his with his picture on the front. I can't. I mean, if he's happy, God bless him. Good for him. I just can't get my head around it. It's it's just the most bizarre thing. Fair. That's it. I'm not I'm not grudging him or anything. It's just sure. crazy to me. And uh, my final note is uh, we are without PJ tonight, who um, uh, his wife's grandfather passed away at the age of 95. And apparently, from all reports, Cal, this was an incredible guy. The uh, World War II paratrooper, New York City firefighter, and just an all-around pretty incredible guy. Maybe an original Bon Vivant. So uh, PJ was not able to be with us tonight, but... Um, he sends a salute to his uh, his wife's grandfather, a, uh, a great man who lived in a remarkable life. And we should try to do that, Cal. I think we forget that sometimes. Yep. We get wrapped up in nonsense. and. Yep. Well, you know what the saying is. Sports are the most important thing that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Darrell Rivas, Super Bowl champion. Okay. There it is. Sports are fun. <laughs> I'll see you next week, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks. Goodbye.